Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. Well, hey, Victory Church, we're so excited that you are here today. Edmond Campus, thank you so much for being with us today. Love you guys so much. Those of you watching online, no matter where you're watching this from, we welcome you into the house of Victory Church today, and we're blessed to have you. If you're ever in this area, if you ever find yourself in the middle of Oklahoma, we would love to have you come by and check us out. Hey, welcome everybody here at the Oklahoma City Campus. Uh, so excited about what God's doing, and hopefully you are one week into your fast. And if you're like, man, I started off good, John, and then I fell off, hey, it doesn't matter. Hop back on this thing. We're going to get through this. We're excited about what God's going to do in your life uh, as we jump into this 2020. If you remember with me last week, uh, we talked about this passage in Isaiah where the Lord comes to Isaiah, and, the, and then Isaiah answers the Lord and says, here I am, send me. And last week we talked about this, and before we can ever be sent by God, we must first be willing to say, here I am. And really what we talked about that meaning is, God, this is where I'm at. This is, this is where I find myself in life. This is where I find my circumstances. This is where I find my, my, my talents and my gifts and my treasures. This, God, this is where I'm at. And we allow God to do some healing in us. And I believe that on the backside of God doing an inner work inside of us is when God sends us to go out and do a work in those around us. And so I pray that God's working that through you. It's not an instant thing, and God will continue to do this time and time again, especially as you're going through this 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we talked about not only are we fasting and believing God for breakthrough in our lives and circumstances in our life, but at the same time as we fast, we're asking God to bring spiritual breakthrough in our lives and to speak to each and every single one of us. And so I want to pick up right where we left off last week. Our foundational verse for this uh, series is found in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And this is what this verse says. It says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah replies and says, here, I, here am I, send me. Last week, we talked about the subject of this is where I'm at. This week, we're going to talk around the subject of this is where I'll go. This is where I'll go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for gathering in this place, Father. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for getting us through these difficult times, God. And today, like every single week, uh, while we sit, while we listen to this message, while we dive into your word, what, I, what we say, our commitment is to open our minds and open our hearts for a word from you, Father. Help these words that come forth to not be words from John Chastine, but to be words from your word. So overcome my weaknesses, speak through me, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in this house and in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So I told you last week that I like to be the one that goes sometimes. I told you that if, if Michelle says, I need some sugar, I'm, I'm going. Uh, I'm, I, if she needs something, an errand to be run, I'm going. I even like Black Friday. I'll go. I'm not afraid. If we run out of toilet paper, I will face 
the, the toils of not having toilet paper and go out and chase down some toilet paper. But here's what I want to differentiate here. The difference in this is that I know the destination. Um, when I say that I'll go and I jump up, it's always a reaction to somebody telling me, can somebody do this specific thing for me? And what I want to point out in this particular text that we're jumping through, I kind of want to set the stage for this. Uh, in this passage, in, in chapter 6, the stage for this or the precursor to this moment of Isaiah leading up to this moment where he says, here am I, send me. Isaiah sees the Lord at the beginning of this chapter. It says that, the, that the Isaiah saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the room in his presence. And we see this, this Zeraphim that's, that's um, present in this, in this moment. And the vision of this is so awe-inspiring to Isaiah that he is just wrought with um, just, just this overcoming sense of conviction, right? And he has this moment where he's just in deeply aware of his own sin. And the Zeraphim then touches his lips with the hot coal. And the Bible talks about how uh, it, it pronounced him clean and that his sins had become atoned for. And even in this is this, is this moment of, of cleansing that we're even we're walking through. We're saying, Lord, send me, but before you send me, cleanse me. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. And then the fall, right after this is when the angel says, the, 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 the Lord speaks and says, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? And the, the, the interesting aspect of this to me, or really the, the mind-blowing aspect of this to me, is that Isaiah jumps right up because of this experience he's had and because of the inspiration in the moment. He says, here am I, send me. And really the most important part of this that sticks out to me more than anything else is that he had no idea where he was going. Um, the, Lord, the Lord didn't say, um, will somebody go? It's not like he came to Jonah and said, can somebody go to Nineveh? It was a specific destination. There was a place, there was a time, there was an instruction. Isaiah answered the call when he didn't know where the call was going to lead him to be. And this is what really sticks out to me in this text. And this is what makes these words that I'm available send me such dangerous words. And I even want to, contrast this response. I want to contrast Isaiah's response, and I'm not going to go into a bunch of different ones, but specifically, I want to contrast the response between Isaiah and, say, Moses. Both, both people, both men, in this instance, utter the phrase, here I am. Both of them say that same phrase. Moses, it's in Exodus chapter 3, but chapters 3 and 4, he's, he's given or shown this burning bush, and he goes to it, and the Lord says, you're, you're on holy ground, remove your shoes, and but during that conversation, Moses says, here, I'm, here I am. Isaiah says, here I am. Isaiah says, send me. Moses says, somebody else. Send, send somebody else, anybody else. I, I'm weak. I don't have this thing. I don't. And, and Moses was given specific instructions about where to go. Isaiah was not. And yet he had the courage to say yes, even with doubt, even with doubt being present, even with uncertainty present. And so really... To break this down, the, the, the magnitude or the bravery or the faith, better yet, in this instance for, 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 for Isaiah, was that for him, the answer was yes. Now what's the question? So before I even know what the question is, before I even know what the, the actual assignment is, Isaiah was willing to say yes. And this is what we're wrestling with in this, in this series. Can, can our faith get to the point where we're so dedicated to what the Lord is doing in his kingdom. And we're so obsessed with not the things of this earth, but the things of the kingdom, that our faith is stretched so far that we trust the Lord so much 
that we're willing to say, the answer is yes, Lord. Now, what's the question? What's the question? And this is something that I've noticed in myself, and, and, and maybe it's not the case with you guys. Maybe you all are saints, but this is, this is the case for me, that many times, more often than not, we prioritize Jesus as available to us more than we prioritize I available to him. That Jesus is this uh, backup plan or this assist or this uh, situation or, or a, a vending machine that I need, that I'm going to do my life the way I want it to be. And then when I get backed into a corner, I'm going to turn to Jesus and I'm going to rely on Jesus in these moments. And so he becomes this assist to us. And what I love about this statement, here I am, send me, it's, it's such an availability that I'm saying, Lord, I want to make your desires my priority. I want to make the focus of my availability so much into your priorities that mine becomes second. I love this text. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, it says, this is Jesus, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, they, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And now watch what Jesus asks them to pray for. Jesus has a specific prayer request to them. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus's prayer request to the disciples is, I need you guys to help me pray for something. I need you to help me pray to the Lord that, that, that we would have more workers, that we would have more people to bring in the harvest and that the Lord would send them out, that we could send out workers into the harvest field. And so where I, what I want us to reframe ourselves and rethink our lives on this earth, and especially in a Western world where our culture has made everything about us is to really begin to grasp the idea that the greatest thing that we will ever do while we're on this earth is not to live the American dream. Um, the greatest thing we will ever do on this earth is not build wealth. The greatest thing we will ever do on this earth is not gain influence or followers or anything of the sort. In fact, I would even go as far as to say the most, Im the most important thing is not even raising your family. It's important. The most important thing that we could ever do on this earth is to say yes to the call of God on your life. To say yes to the things that God is calling us to do. To simply say, God, I'm available. I'm not here to say that I know what your plan is and that I know what your destiny is for the world, God. But what I'm saying is I want to come into alignment with your plan. And I know that your plan is perfect and my trust for you is so great that I'll say yes before I even know what the question is. And we can learn from Isaiah in this text and learn and be committed and be inspired by this. And so have we ever prayed this really dangerous prayer? And this is really why I haven't, I haven't tried to lead you to this moment yet because this is a decision that each one of us have to make individually because it is a really, really, really dangerous prayer to utter to the Lord that I'm available that I'm available to do anything, Lord, that you need me to do. And so what I want to do today is before you even say yes, some of you are like, I, I want to say yes. Before you say, I, I want to talk to you before you say yes. And I want to talk to you about what does this mean? What does it mean when I'm saying I'm available? And when I say this is where I'm at, and then today we're about to utter the words, this is what I'll do. And before we say the words, this is what I'll do, I need us to understand what that means, okay? So three really simple points. They're very simple. They're not going to be mind-blowing to you, but I want to create a framework for what we're agreeing to do as we come under alignment with the Lord. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. This is where I'll go, Lord. I'll go wherever. Wherever. 
Now, that's a broad statement. And this, this word wherever, it deals with location. I mean, we all know that. It's a word that deals with some sort of location. And it's, it's, it's long-term, yes. In the long-term, Lord, I'm willing to be available to go wherever you need me to do. But it's also, it, it's also applicable to today. It's short-term. It's like, okay, Lord, today, in this moment, in this second, I'm available to go wherever you need me to go wherever in this moment that you need me to go. And it's not just geographical either, okay? So we think of it as just geographical. But if I came up to you and I said, oh, he just went there. Oh, oh, snap, he just, he just went there. So it means that I'm even willing to go to those places where I have to confront people. I'll go there, I'll go wherever. If God has me challenging me to confront somebody, to challenge somebody, to, to face a difficult situation, to, to lead my family better, to, to whatever that means, it means that I'm willing to go wherever and to be able to other the words, I'm going, oh, I'm going there. If that's what God wants me to do, I'm going. If God wants me to give more stuff away, I'm going there. I'll, I'll go wherever he calls me to do. I'll do anything he, he asks me to do. I love this, this text in, in Genesis chapter 12. We see the same principle at work within, within Abram before he becomes Abraham, the father of many nations. And we see this same approach and the same concept coming to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, verse one. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from. So he says, I want you to go somewhere and you're going to be leaving somewhere else. You're gonna leave your place of comfort. You're gonna leave your home and you're gonna go, go from your country, your people, and your father's house. Leave everything. Leave, I want you to go to a place. If you're willing to go wherever, I want you to leave. And he says, to a land that I will show you. I'm not even going to tell you where I'm going to take you. It's, you. I want to know if you'll say yes before I ask you the question. He says, he's saying to Abram, can you say yes before you know the destination? Verse two, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be blessed and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now watch verse four. This shows us Abram's response. So Abram went. Abram went. He said, Abram was responding, I'll go wherever. I'll go wherever. He says, Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he, I want to point out these two words, when he set out, set out. And I think this is really the key that there's this, there's this moment, there becomes this moment where we want clarity, right? We want to know the destination. I want to know where I'm going. Show me where I'm going, Lord. And then I'll, I'll kind of calculate that in my mind and then decide if I want to go there. But this word says that Abraham, Abram set out. Now, this word set out is the same Hebrew word that we spoke about last week in last week's message, talking about going out or being sent. It's the same Hebrew word in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, when Isaiah says, here I am, send me, yalach. This word yalach, it means to proceed or to move. And it's this word yalach when the angel says, whom shall I send? Who, who, who will go on our behalf? Yalach, proceed. And so it says that Abraham proceeded. He yalach, he moved. It doesn't say he arrived, it says he moved. And sometimes I think that we want to, to know the destination before we begin our journey. And our obedience is not about reaching the destination, it's about taking a step. Just, just take a step, just make a move towards saying yes to the Lord, whatever that means. And so we're not gonna wait for a stage or the availability of a stage, I'm gonna wait to be available to be staged by God. 
I'm not going to wait for everything to be lined out. God moves while we take steps. He is a light into our path. He gives us the next step. And so we, we, we don't have to know the end. We are not the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. God is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. We are simply called to take the next step in this process. I want to share something really personal with you. Um, I start the beginning of every year uh, by kind of going through old journals. Uh, I, I, I try to journal really well. I don't, I don't always do it really, really well. Uh, but I, I take a point, sometimes I'll get in a real rhythm and I'll journal every single day. And then I have other rhythms where I'm journaling once a week or sometimes even once a month. But I want to record the, the areas of my life that I'm feeling challenged. And I want to record the areas of my life where God's been faithful. And I also want to record the areas of my life where I feel like or I sense the Holy Spirit saying something to me. And sometimes some things only make sense in reverse. Sometimes things only make sense when you read about it 20 years from now and you're looking back on it. I want to show you something that I wrote in my journal on a specific date. Now, before they, they're going to put this up on the screens, but this is on, this is on May the 15th, 2011. So the time of the sermon is 2021. 20, 20, this is 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. I started, to give you context, I started at Victory Church on August the 16th, 2011. So this was three months before I came on staff at Victory Church. It says this, it says, I feel like God is leading me to meet the needs of others, mostly financial needs. Although I've been giving, I feel like God wants me to do big things, which I'm guessing, again, I'm guessing, I have no idea. I'm guessing it involves using my gifts of fundraising. At the time I was a fundraiser in higher education and networking that God has given me. I will be praying about this. Also, I feel a major pull towards Victory Church. And Michelle and I were just attending Victory Church at this time. I feel a major pull towards Victory Church. Not necessarily as an employee, but I just feel 100% at home and feel connected. Now listen, I feel like I'm sensing something. I'm sensing God saying something. I feel like God wants me to do something there that helps the church while the church helps me. And then I just conclude by saying, we will see what come, becomes of this. We, we will see what this becomes. And so what did I do? I was sensing something. I, I, I sensed the Holy Spirit doing something in me. And I would sit at the Oklahoma City campus on stage right, just right back there. I could point you to the seat Michelle and I would sit in. And I didn't know what to do. I felt a prompting. I felt like the Lord was giving me a taste of a vision of a future. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a being a pastor. I had no idea. But there was a sensing, a prompting, a pulling towards Victory Church. So what do I do? Do I sit around and just wait for a stage? Do I just sit around and wait for, for them to offer me something? Do I? No. What do we do? We took a step. We took a step. I said that I feel like something was pulling me towards Victory Church. What was my response? I signed up to volunteer. I became a greeter. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the end. I didn't know the destination. I didn't know what God was going to do in all this. But I could take a step. I could take a step in that direction. So I became a greeter, and Michelle started working in the kids' ministry. And so I, I was a greeter at these doors that, that are right out in front of me. I, be, I became a greeter. I, I became a greeter, and I joined a community group. I, I joined a small group at the church. Why? Because I was feeling a pull, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't see the destination, but I said, okay, yes, God, before, before I even know the answer or the question to anything, if, if I'm sensing this prompting, then my answer is yes, and I'm going to take a step. You're not going to show me, but I'm going to yelach. I'm going to set out. I'm going to set out on a journey, and I'm going to take a step and serve. And some of you have been waiting and waiting on waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting on God to move. Stop waiting and take a step. 
Stop waiting and take a step. Some of you have been waiting for a job to open up. Stop waiting and enroll in class at school. Go back to school. Stop, stop waiting for something to, to come to you and take a step towards something that you sense God is beginning to call you towards. Some of you need to sign up. What, what does that mean for, for, for Victory Church? I too feel a drawing. Now let me give you a disclaimer. Because you become a greeter doesn't mean you're going to become the senior pastor. Okay? So, so, but what you're doing is you're following a prompting. You're saying, Holy Spirit, I don't know what you're doing here but I'm going to take a step through this door and see what other doors open up. And I'm going to take a step through this door. If that door is open, I'm going to follow through that step. This is, you know what this is called? Following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm taking a step and then I'm going to see what, what doors open. Some of you have been attending this church for a very long time and you love it and you want to get involved. You just don't know how. And well, I'm just waiting on them to call me. Stop waiting and take a step. Stop waiting and enroll in We Are Victory. In fact, there's some opening up this February. You should just enroll and take a step and say, you know what? I don't know what you're doing, God, but I'm going to take a step and figure out what it is that you're doing in, in, in my life. So number one, if you want to be sold out, if you want to say, God, I'm available, number one, you got to be willing to go wherever, wherever. Number two, after you resolve that I'm going to go wherever, number two, you got to go whenever, whenever. Now, this is a hard one. <laughs> Because this comes into dealing with time. And when it comes to time, I always have different opinions than what God has. God's timing is seemingly always different than mine. And so this is one of the hardest ones because it deals with timing. My time and God's timing. And we, I want to talk about both of those for just a moment. So it talks about, it talks about both. I'm talking about both long-term timing. Long-term timing and really trusting God to be available to his timing is saying, God, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to stay planted. I'm not going to uproot myself every 10 months and find something else. I'm not going to go try to find another marriage and find another church and find another job. I'm going to wait for you to speak. I'm going to wait for you to move. I'm going to, I'm going to wait on your timing because I'm available whenever. But it also means short time. It means on your drive home from church today that you're available in the short term. That if somebody's pulled over with a flat tire, I'm available, Lord. And if you're going to prompt me to pull over, I'm available now. Because why? Because I'm available whenever. And this is a really difficult one because we get so wrapped up and it's hard for us to do this because we have our own timing and we have our schedules and we have our things and we have our timing on when we think God should move in our life. I love this word in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. It says this, it says, for still the vision, I want to pause there, the vision. So as that pertains to us, the vision is what you're sensing the Lord leading you to. It's what you're waiting for. It's what you're praying for. It's what you're fasting for. It's what you're believing God for. And Habakkuk says, still the vision awaits its appointed time. That there is an appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. I love that, that, that grammar there. I love that vocabulary, the, the, the way that's communicated. It will not lie. Your circumstance, the thing you're waiting on, the timing that you're waiting on, that thing won't lie because it's under the authority of the Lord, the Lord's timing. And so it, it literally can't lie. If it seems slow, which if you're like me, it does. If it seems slow, wait for it. He's saying it's worth it. It's worth it. My timing is better. It's worth it. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It won't delay. It means that the, the timing of God moving in your life in that circumstance, it's not going to delay because actually it's right on time. It, it's right on schedule for what God's timing is. So really the, the, the thing we must answer is, am I available 
for God's timing? Am I, am I yielding my own will and my own uh, desires and my own thoughts? Am I yielding that to saying, God, I'm available whenever you say the time is right? Whether it's long-term, short-term, instantaneously, if I gotta wait forever, God, I'm going to make myself available for your timing. So you're going to have to say no to some stuff, okay? In order to say yes to God, you must say no. And this is something that, that we really need to, to absorb because now I'm getting into, now I'm getting off of God's timing and I'm gonna climb into your calendar for just a second because we all have calendars and we all could pull up our calendar right now and look how busy we are and sports with kids and work things and all of the things that just come to invade our calendar. And so what I'm saying is in order for us to say yes to God, we gotta say no to some other stuff. We have to become really good at saying the word no. And we don't like this because it interferes, interferes with our calendar, but we have to make room. We have to make room. You cannot say yes to God without saying no to some other stuff. Even, even, even John the Baptist said, less of me and more of him. So in order to add stuff, there's only 24 hours a day. So in order to add stuff to your calendar, the only way to make it work, I, I know what my calendar looks like, so I have an idea of what your calendar looks like. If somebody comes to me and wants to add something, in order to add something to my calendar, I must take something away from my calendar. And I love one of my favorite teachings on this is, is, a, is a teaching called Choosing to Cheat. It's a great book. I highly recommend it uh, from, from Andy, uh, Pastor, Pastor Andy Stanley wrote a book called Choosing to Cheat. And in this book, he really frames out this idea that no matter what you're doing, you're cheating something. That even, even being at church today, even watching online, even sitting at the Edmond campus, you're watching online on your couch, watching this, you could be vacuuming your house right now. Don't do that, by the way. But you could be. You could be vacuuming your house right now, but you're not. You're cheating your vacuum cleaner, which I appreciate you doing that, by the way. You're cheating your vacuum cleaner to make this a priority. And every minute of every single day, you are choosing to cheat. When we sit down and play a video game for an hour, we might be cheating our kids. We might be cheating our spouse. Uh, when we go to work and we work till 8 o'clock at night from, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., you are cheating your family. So in that moment, I have to do this assessment and say, okay, is this okay to do this, this right now? Every single moment of every single day, we're cheating something. So in order for us to say yes to God, we can't just say, God, I am available. We can't just sing the song, I am available, and pretend like everything's going to be okay. In order to legitimately utter the words, God, yes, I'm available, we have to say no to something else. If, if you're going to make church a priority for your family, you have to say no to soccer. If, if you're going to make tithing a priority, you may have to say no to Starbucks. <laughs> There's always a give and take, no matter what area of your life that you're needing to say yes to the Lord in. Just, I'm just saying, we've got to prepare ourselves to say no to some other stuff. And I love this idea of, of being available whenever because we have the greatest model of Jesus was available whenever. He was always being disturbed. Everywhere he was going, he was disturbable. I don't even know if that's a word in the English language, but he was constantly disturbable. In fact, whenever the story that we all know well, when he healed the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that he was actually on his way somewhere else. And as he walked to this place, uh, with the centurion to heal this person, that a woman came and touched the hem of his, his robe. 
And, and he paused and he stopped. You, most of us, myself included, would have just, I, I got to go. You know, you're not on my calendar. Email my assistant and schedule an appointment. But he was disturbable because he had decided, as we must decide, that we have to be available whenever. When we're in a time crunch and we're at work and we got to get to a meeting and we, we stop by somebody's office and we say, how you doing? Maybe we need to walk through the threshold of the door when they pause or they say, I'm okay or I'm not doing so well. Uh, be disturbable. Is the Lord prompting you in certain times and seasons to become more and more disturbable? Number one, I'm willing to go wherever. Number two, I'm willing to go whenever. And number three, I'm willing to go however. However. H- however way. What, whatever way. This, 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 this idea that God, I'm choosing, I'm saying you choose the place, you choose the time, and third, last but not least, you choose the way. You, you choose the way. Because this is, you know, we like to be involved in God's choosing of our lives. I like to help God choose where, and I like to help God choose when, and, and I like to help God choose how. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I think about my future, I've always got good ideas for God. <laughs> and many times we fast, we pray, and we give God all of our suggestions about the how. Okay, God, this is how I see this working out. And let me just give you my plan, Lord, because my plan's pretty good. And first this needs to happen, and this needs to happen, and this person needs to call me. And then and we've got it all mapped out. We've got the way all mapped out. But one of the challenging ways that we must submit ourselves to the Lord and make ourselves available to the Lord is, is to simply say, Lord, however you do this, I, I have some ideas and I think they're pretty good. But at the end of the day, God, I submit the way or the how to you and I'm willing to do it however you see fit. I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight. It's, we all know this passage. We've heard it before. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. One, one translation says, my ways are not your ways. I like this translation because it's like, they're not even close. <laughs> they're nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond. Look at that description. They're not just a little bit. They're, they're not just a slightly different. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. The how I'm going to accomplish it, the way that I'm going to do it is way higher and way better than you could ever imagine. Job chapter 23, verse 8, this is, we all know the story of Job and some of the wrestles that he had. And this is towards the conclusion of Job as he's coming to this resolve and he's finding resolve through all of his difficulties. And in verse, verse 8 through 11, Job says, I go east, but he's not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I'm going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. For I have stayed on God's path. Now watch this last sentence. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. What Job is saying, however you say, Lord, however you say, whatever way that you think is best, I'm willing to follow that path. I'm willing to follow the way that you think is best. We like to say it this way. We sing songs about it. We sing songs about God made a way when there was no way. Um, And I believe that. I think that's true. I think that's a very valid statement. We sing songs about it. I I believe it. But I think um, the more true statement is God made a way 
other than the way that I thought it was going to be. We thought there was no way because we had come up with these other preconceived ideas about how God was going to do it. And yes, God God made a way when there was no way. The truth of the matter is God made a way different than your way. And God always is leading us in ways that we may not see because it causes us to lean on him greater. I want to show you one more uh, journal entry in some of my texts. I hope I'm not boring you with my, with my diary, but there was one that I came across that I totally forgot about. I, I honestly don't remember writing this to this day, but I know it's mine because it's my handwriting. This was written in 2002, okay? So this was 18 years ago, almost, almost yeah, 18, almost 19 years ago. On September the 23rd, 2002, I had, so at this time, let me give you context. At this time, I'd been married to Michelle uh, for one year and three months, okay? So we're newlyweds. Um, I am working at a bank at this time. I'm, I'm not in higher education. I don't have any degrees. Ministry is not even on my radar. Like I have, I have no idea what God's doing with my life right now. All I know is I love this girl named Michelle, and I have no other plans. And I had gotten this prophetic word, apparently, from somebody. I write in my my journal about how I sat next to somebody at this event that I went to, and a total stranger looked at me and said these words, God has been letting you do things the way you want to do them. But a time is soon coming when you will begin to do things the way he wants you to do them. And that was it. That was the word. Like I had, I had no idea what that meant. He, all he said was, you've been trying to figure out your ways. You've been trying to figure out your plan and you've been doing things the way that you think they're going to happen. You've been planning this out the way. And I can tell you what I was doing at that time because I thought I had a plan. I was fresh out of college. I wanted to be a college basketball coach because basketball was all I knew. And I was going to be a college basketball coach. And somebody told me that I needed to have a master's degree in education to be a college basketball coach. I don't even know if that's true. But I took it hook, line, and sinker. And so I was working on my master's degree. I was about to start a master's degree in education. And I thought that I was going to be a college basketball coach. So I had my way. And this word was saying, there's a way. Soon God is going to turn your heart and cause you to begin to do things his way. And this is what I wrote in my journal after I wrote down that word. I truly believe that God is about to do mighty things in me. I have a feeling that I will be going into the ministry. And then I wrote this sentence after it that says, I wish I could start tomorrow. That was almost 20 years ago. It would, be, it would be nine years after this that I would become a campus pastor. Um, what I had to do that all of us have to do, yes, I feel like I'm living out my destiny. Yes, I feel like I've made myself available to God in the season I'm in. That started 19 years ago. When God began to plant little seeds, and some of you, God has been planting seeds in your heart 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Don't dig up the seed. <laughs> let, it, let it stay. Let, let the timing remain. Let God's timing. Just continue to say, God, I'm available whenever. I'm available wherever. I'm available however. God, I don't know the way. I don't pretend to know the way, but I'm going to remain. I'm going to trust and believe that you are doing something behind the scenes that I can't see. This, this passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 
Let me show you this verse. It's powerful. Ecclesiastes 8, 6. It says, for there is a, two things, time and way. There are two things. There is a time and a way for everything, although man's troubles lies heavy on him. So it gives us these two things. There's time and there is way. Now, the Greek word time in this, I'm not going to show it to you, but I want to unpack it real quickly. The Greek word in this text is talking about a moment in time. Like, it's not a time period. It's saying that there's a moment, that there is a moment coming, that God's plan, that there is a moment coming. Now, this word way in the the Hebrew, uh, in the Hebrew, this word way means, is the Hebrew word mishpat. And it means decision, a manner in which, a plan, the act of deciding a case. So what this text is saying is there's a specific time in which the manner of your case will be lived out. And until then, calm down. Just just be available. What did I do when I started sensing a call of God of ministry? What did I do when I felt like, I feel like God's calling me to Victory Church? I didn't rush in and talk to the senior pastor and say, God told me that I'm going to work at this church and you need to give me a job. I just took a step. I took a step and I trusted God. And I waited for his way and for his timing, because I knew neither. I didn't know the plan, I knew nothing. So it falls back on us to simply take a step. Be available to God. There is no greater honor on earth than fulfilling the call of God on your life. There's nothing else. What do I do in the meantime? What gifts do you have? Uh, Paul talks about this. What do we do with our gifts? All all through Corinthians, he talks about spiritual gifts and all these gifts. But I want to show you specifically one thing he shared in Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. He says, we have different gifts. The person sitting next to you right now has a completely different set of gifts than you have. So stop comparing yourself to them. One, that's a different sermon. According to the grace given to each of us. it's it's, It's a gift given from God through grace. And then he goes on to list, what do we do with these gifts? If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. It's saying you got a gift, just do it. So if you have a gift to give, stop comparing yourself with somebody who has a gift to teach. And if you have, if you have a gift to teach, stop comparing yourself who has the gift of prophecy. Just engage in your gift and take a step of faith. So if you're good at serving, serve. Serve. If you're good at smiling, be a greeter. If you're bad at smiling, don't be a greeter. That's a bad idea. What's your gift? If you love babies, rock one. Rock a baby. Volunteer in kids ministry. If, if If you have the gift of prayer, you're an intercessor of prayer, join our prayer team. You don't know what God wants to do with your gift? Take a step. Go to, get to, go, go, to, go to We Are Victory and take a step. If you're good at tech, run a camera. If you're, if you're good at leadership, start a community group. If you're good at making money, give it. That's what the Bible says. Some of, you, some of you have the gift of giving, give it. Some of you are really good at earning money. That means that God has given you this gift so that you can be a blessing to the body of Christ. I love this quote by Charles Stanley, which gives us the results of when we just commit our lives to the Lord and give him everything. It says, God takes, Charles Stanley said, God takes full responsibility for the life that is wholly devoted to him. When, when we can begin the process, when we can, that's what this series is all about. That's, if we can just come to terms, I pray that by the end of the series, we can all come to grips with this idea. I'm not even asking you to commit to this really yet. 
if you can come to grips with this idea that God, I just wanna be available to you, wholly, like fully committed. And today's message is, is, is just that. It's this idea that God, you can use me wherever, whenever, and however. Your title at work is not what's important. Your bank account size is not what's important. You, you, you are not who others say you are. You are responsible to God's call. That's it. You are responsible. Everything in your being should be pursuing the call of God on your life. And we can, if we can get to this place, this is true surrender. This is truly to make our bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord. When we can fully say, God, you get it, you get it all. You get it all. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. It's not the easiest place to get because of our humanity, but we must get to the place where like kingdom, your kingdom advancing is more important than my life advancing. Um, that we find our true blessing and purpose through doing this. And I, I challenge you in this season to, to start every day by praying this prayer. God, today, today, as I go about my day, I'm available whenever, wherever, and however. You better be careful when you pray that prayer because he will use you. He'll use you. Pray that prayer every morning. God, I'm available. I'm available whenever. I'm available wherever. I'm available however. And we can all begin to be used by God in this way. Let me close with this thought. Isaiah, what I love about this text that we opened with, come full circle, is Isaiah was not forced to respond. Um, he responded to a question. The question was, who will we send? He could have been like, uh, you know, that guy over there. He, he wasn't forced. It wasn't a draft. It wasn't like a military draft. It was a, it was a voluntary, it was a voluntary enlistment. You know, we talked about this at worship night last, last weekend, but it's this, this idea, you know, during the Vietnam War, there were drafts. There's certain battles and certain issues where there's actually a draft. And then there's times when like 9-11 or times, you know, after World War II, there were people that were just like, I'll go, send me. There, there's so much value and there's so much uh, passion about what's happening in the world that they just enlist themselves. And this is Isaiah saying, I'll go, send me, I'll do it. I believe in the cause. I, that David said this when he went to the battlefield of Goliath, he told all of the other warriors, he says, is there not a cause? I'll, I'll go fight this guy because of the cause. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Paul says this, therefore, Conclude, this is a concluding thought. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Now watch these words. Always give yourself. Nobody can give you other than you. And Paul is saying, give yourself. Like, don't wait for somebody else to invite you. Don't wait for somebody else to pry you and prod you and beg you. Paul is saying, always give yourself. Give yourself to what? Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Not your work, not building your kingdom. He says to give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So I wanna ask at all of our campuses, at Edmund, at OKC, if I, if I could just ask you to stand to your feet. I wanna give you, I, wanna, I love to close where we have response. I love to close where we have this moment where I can capture what's being said and there can be some sort of action or some sort of response and so the band is back on the stages at both of our campuses and we're going to go back into the song where we sing these words i'm available god i'm i want to make myself available to you and as you wrestle with this and as you 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 walk through this over the next several days and weeks and maybe even months in this process as you fast and as you seek the lord and as you purify your heart and you tell the god this is where i'm at 
that there comes this response of saying, Lord, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. And so I'm going to pray. And when I finish praying, the band is going to begin to sing. And my invitation to you is if, you, if, you're, in the, if you're sitting there today saying, I want to respond to this. I want the Lord to see me say, yes, I am available. I'm wrestling with it. I got to figure all that out. But my heart, Lord, is I'm available and I want to be used by you. And before I even know the question, Lord, my response is yes. And so I, I, I want to invite you as we worship in just a moment to don't wait. Just leave your seat. You're like, well, John, you're not even here. You're talking to me over video. It's weird to respond to a video. Listen, you're not responding to me. You're responding to the Lord. You're not responding to my words. You're, you're, you're wanting the Lord to see you saying, Lord, here am I, send me. In the same way we lift our hands in adoration as a physical posture of something happening on the inside, we're going to leave our seats and we're going to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Father, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, God, that this word would grip us, that it would stir our hearts, God, to live 2021 differently, to, to focus our attention, our time, our efforts on different things, God, that we would have the ability, God, to say, I am available to you whenever, wherever, and however, Father. God, speak to us today. God, see your children as they respond to this word today to come forward and speak to them clearly as they respond to this word today, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.